This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three of us, we pal around, and uh, we tell you what we think of a coffee, and we tell you some interesting facts about that coffee, too. So, it's like a one-two punch. Remind me, Jenny, do we give bad reviews, or do we give good reviews? We give no bad reviews. Um, so my name's Jenny, and I run all of the operations at a coffee company. And I am Marcus, the lead coffee roaster, green coffee buyer, and good food award-winning t- roaster of 2021. And we're in 2022, so what am I going to do this year? I don't know, Steph. Do you know? I think you need to try to win an award. I think so. Yeah. This is going to be your year, Marcus. Again. Again. That's right. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and I'm the employee of the month at Modest Coffee. <laughs> For the past 34 months. All right. Awesome. So uh, we got some business. Um, If you want to support us directly, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash no bad reviews pod. We are very grateful to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. It is uh, you guys make this awesome. We also have our last winner of our subscriber giveaway. We have been running for like the past month and a half a subscriber giveaway. Our sponsor, Modest Coffee, ourselves, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so generously decided to give away a bag of coffee to a subscriber every week. And this is our last week, and our winner is Jen B. So we'll reach out to you um, about your, your bag of modest coffee, and you also win the grand prize, a No Bad Reviews fanny pack. Yay, Jen! Yay! So, uh, congratulations. Congratulations. It's pretty awesome. Even if you did not win a fanny pack, you could still go to our website and buy yourself one under our merch tab. And they're pretty cool. It's pretty spacious. Uh, a pretty great fanny pack, I have to say. And if you're not the fanny pack type, we also have a really nice belt bag too. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a backpack though. A ba- we have a backpack. We too? have a regular oh, that's backpack. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So if could... a fanny pack's just not big enough to hold all of your fanny goods. Yeah. <laughs> then you can, you know, belt and suspenders it too. Yeah, exactly. Um let's see. Uh so also next up is clarifications. Um we did a a couple weeks ago we did a episode about the war in Ukraine, looking at it through the lens of coffee. And we had talked about donations and stuff. And I just wanted to say that what we decided to do was that we contacted 
the coffee roaster Madheads, which is providing coffee for the government and potentially Zelensky himself. And we were like, hey, how can we support you? They had some links on their Instagram if you wanted to do like a a money transfer to them, but our bank doesn't do international money transfers. So I was like, what can we do? Can we buy you some green coffee? And he was like, you know, the best way to do it would be to just buy some coffee on our website. And so that's what we did. We bought a bunch of coffee. We left a note. We said, give this to whoever needs it the most. And they were very appreciative. And adorably, they have their own Marcus at Madheads. Did a you see that sweet picture? Little, did. Yeah. A sweet little Sphinx hairless cat. <laughs> and they sent me a picture of Marcus, of Ukrainian Marcus, and he is so cute. The resemblance was uncanny. Uncanny. Absolutely. I can see why they were reminded of you. Mm-hmm. Um, little roaster cat. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, after I saw Ukrainian Marcus, I was like, Googling like the rules about having a cat in a food production area. Yeah, how come we can't have a cat? Because we're not in Ukraine. Oh. Yeah. But it was hairless, so oh. maybe, you know, I know the hairless cats are like the only ones that are hypoallergenic, so hmm. perhaps. Maybe. Well, I was reading about cat cafes, and as long yeah. as your cats are like ultimately vaccinated and can't transfer any diseases, it's that's pretty much the first step. And then each locality is going to have their own sets of rules about whether or not you can have a cat in a food production area. Mm. I feel like it's pest control. Yeah, there you go. You know, they yeah. want us controlling for pests. This is how we're going to do it. I don't know. We'll see if our, if Scott over at the, the state food <laughs> inspecting Yeah, shout agency. out to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Love if all he, that <laughs> USDA regulation you're doing, buddy. <laughs> um, also, so anyways, yeah, donation, Madheads, if you're wanting to donate directly to some an organization that is roasting coffee and giving it to the people who need it in Ukraine, Madheads, um, you know, you can look them up on Instagram and contact them or their website. Also, I wanted to make a note about from that episode, too, about Zelensky. He made it seem like he was only an actor, um, which he mostly was an actor. But kind of going back to what we were talking about in that episode about people who go to college for something really serious and then just go do whatever fun thing they mm-hmm. want, mm-hmm. seems to be the Ukrainian way, because Zelensky went to a school of economics and earned a law degree Oh, okay. before going back into being a professional comedian slash actor. <laughs> it must be nice to be able to do these serious things, but then also live your life the way you want to. And uh, let's see. Oh, one thing also I read about him, he won Dancing with the Stars, the Ukrainian version of Dancing oh with the gosh, Stars. Oh my gosh, she's also a dancer. I thought well, I think so all men in talent. Eastern Europe are dancers, I oh. think. Hmm. I think that's like, you know. What they do? They just yeah. dance in it's curriculum. Eastern? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, also, one thing too that I found was really interesting. I did not do further research. I just came across an article, and uh, the pay for the Ukrainian president. Each of you, take one guess. Oh my gosh! Uh, is it a lot or is it a little? I don't know. Take a guess. A uh, hundred thousand a year. Okay. A million a year. Yeah. Great guesses. $11,000 a year. Oh, oh. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Holy cow. I was like, all right. I don't know if he changed that rule because I don't know that there were many people before him that would go for that. Um, hmm. It's part of his cost-cutting measures or whatever, but that's how much he earns as a president each year. I kind of feel like the bullshit he's dealing with right now, 
he could maybe get a little <laughs> bit of a raise, but right. maybe he'll get a bonus if it ends well. Yeah. yeah. Like wartime presidency. It'd be like, nice. man, I didn't pay me enough for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Um, and one thing I found was interesting, he's only worth $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. Like, as his worth from being an actor, I guess. That's the Is estimate that by the Forbes rate? or something. It's, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's worth more. But um, I did read something else just by contrast. Putin, uh, Elon Musk, says that he believes... Putin actually has way more money than he did does, and Elon Musk is considered to be the richest guy in the world. Hmm. And Elon Musk was like, "Yeah, no, actually, I'm pretty sure that Putin has like at least twice as much as I have." Hmm. Yeah, and this is like not to go too down far a rabbit hole, but there's like n- net worth, which Elon Musk's net worth is all tied up in his stock, mm-hmm. whereas like Putin's net worth is like cash. Yeah, like I'm certain of it. You know? Yeah, I read that that like propaganda like stadium thing that he did. His coat was cost fourteen thousand dollars, just his puffer coat alone. I'm like, nobody looks at that and is like, this is not cool. Who the fuck is making a fourteen thousand dollar puffer coat? That's a great Montclair. question. I've Marcus never knows. even heard of that. That's mm. how Mark- far away I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> Give Mark- Marcus is bougie mm. AF. Without the money. <laughs> I like to keep up to, you know, keep up on my fashion. Excuse we're gonna, me. We're going to need a few more Patreon subscribers to support oh this lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, if you, we could just get like 50,000 subscribers a month, you could afford that $14,000 puffer coat. Just like Putin. You know what's funny, though? It's like once you fashion make all that icon. money, then the fashion places just give it to you because then they know that you're in like the public eye so it's a, they don't even accept your money at that point that's what sucks yeah you know what country. sucks is that like the fashion people just all they do is give away goods and on their website it says that it would cost this much but the only right. people who can afford to buy it are the people they would give it to for free i don't know how they make any money <laughs> how are they making money it's all it's all a money laundering scheme probably yeah the entire fashion industry yeah. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> yeah we figured it out Hmm. All right. Well, those are my clarifications. Um, I just thought that was an interesting uh, contrast between Putin and Zelensky, too, that Zelensky takes home $11,000 a year, and Putin's jacket costs more than his entire yearly salary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, so Zelensky, smart guy, not just a comedian. Although I have to say most comedians are pretty smart. It's, It's not like dumb people cannot make good jokes. Right. Uh, <laughs> I said it here. <laughs> if you're dumb, don't even try. Uh, you wouldn't know it from listening to the show. But... <laughs> oh, I also have to do one shout out. Mm. Shout out to the entire country of Slovakia. Oh, thank you, Slovakia. You, oh, yeah. We hit like number six on the food charts in Slovakia. Random, <laughs> totally random. Yeah, but I'll take it. Yeah. You know, I I didn't know my favorite country in Europe was Slovakia. Uh huh. But now I do. Yeah. Yeah, because they obviously have good taste. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. We're gonna have to go. When are we going? Yeah, live tour to Slovakia. I think we gotta wait till this war in mm. Europe is over. But okay. Once things are safe to travel, we're gonna have to hit the road. Awesome. Slovakia, we're coming for you one day. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a live show in your capital city or wherever all of your listeners are. And uh, we're going to give you uh, all the stories. And you bumped out Brussels. 
Mm, Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. I mean, yeah. Brussels is still on our list for sure of yeah. uh, international places. Well, we but now Slovakia. have to stop at Slovakia first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you want us to come to a live tour in your country, you have to get us on your charts, your yeah. iTunes charts. You just have to listen and tell your friends. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, thanks, Slovakia. You're the best. We love your country. Um, I think that's we... all the business I have. All right. Marcus? I don't have any business. You have any business, Marcus? Marcus um, never has any business. I know business. Marcus has no business. I'm, I'm all business in the front, party in the back. I'm a, I'm a mullet. You're just a, you're just a mullet. <laughs> I'm a mullet. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I agree. I don't have to know what it means to agree. Twerking. That's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> all right. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Right. All right. I don't really want to move on to the coffee, if we're being honest. I'm Why not? It's horrified. such a playful <laughs> and fun and, oh, yeah. and we could, uh, delightful uh, coffee-looking mm-hmm. coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, we can announce the coffee of the day. Yes. We have. We're all hesitant. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a hostess Twinkies coffee. Our friend Big Mike, who um, right. n- neighbors us at the farmer's market in Naperville, he came by the warehouse and was we were talking about the podcast, and he was like, Oh, what you gotta try is I saw at Menards these Twinkie K cups, and we were like, me and Steph were like, hell yes, we do. <laughs> um, but yeah, today we've got Hostess Twinkies in a K cup. We also have a box of Twinkies, which I ate a third of so far, and it's way sweeter than I remember. Mm. Um, Twinkies Coffee says it's a hundred percent artificially flavored. It looks like it does not say natural and artificial flavors, so I don't know if that makes you any more or less excited that it's completely artificially flavored. I would presume that an actual Twinkie is also completely artificially <laughs> flavored. Yeah, but I also feel like there's scientists at Twinkies. If anybody can get the artificial flavor Twinkie right, I would trust Hostess and Twinkie to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I they hope got they lots of money for it. And then for our Patreon Love It or Leave It episode today, we are trying Hostess Boost. They're jumbo donuts <laughs> that are caffeinated. So you no longer even have to have your coffee and a donut. You can just have it all in one. Guys, what if the coffee's so bad? They were like, you know what, let's just skip the coffee and go straight to caffeinating the donuts. <laughs> That's why they're being sold at Menards, like just clearing out the yeah. spot. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're on Patreon listeners. You guys will get to find out from us whether Hostess caffeinated donuts are worth the effort or not. And I had to go through a lot of effort to get them. <laughs> <laughs> How did they get started, Steph? If I had to take a guess... There's got to be some evil happening in this episode. Oh, boy. Well, I won't ruin the surprise. Okay, don't ruin it. I want to hear it. (laughs) That's just my prediction. I'm going to call the company Hostess. The company has changed names many times over the years, even when it was owned by the original founder. Um, Hostess was kind of always the brand for selling the snack cakes, but... This company history is really convoluted. There's a lot of mergers and acquisitions and, like, bakeries under different names selling similar products or their own. It's like really complex. Um, Ralph Leroy Nafziger was the founder of the company. Um, He was born in 1887 in Kansas City, Missouri, and he was born into a family of bakers. His dad was a bread baker who um, supplied bread to grocery stores. 
He was not going to go into the family business. Uh, he went to college for engineering and architecture. He wanted to be an architect. But at some point while he was there, he got called home because the his dad's bread company was failing. Aww. And they needed his help. So he, he um, started by selling bread on a route. He had an old repurposed milk wagon, horse-drawn milk wagon. Wow. And delivered bread on this route to grocery stores. It went well. He hired someone to take over the route and started a new route and repeat and repeat and repeat. He was only 18 when he started working there. It was called Nassiger Bakery and it was in a church basement. Rent was cheap. Rent was cheap. Yeah, I know. I'm like, huh, okay. (laughs) Should we be roasting coffee in a church basement? By 1925, 20 years later, he had 10 baking plants. Wow. Like, it grew so quickly. Because of his architecture experience he designed some of those baking plants did he make them look really cool i don't know what he made them look like and i'm so curious like, i know was he a good architect right or were there like guys with 150 pound bags of flour walking around like why the fuck are these stairs here yeah. right. like right like it's like a mid-century modern house right. and like there's no railings like glass windows everywhere random staircases going down and then up it was 1925, so he would have been way ahead of his time for mid-century right. modern. But uh, he started selling the snack cakes in 1919. It was just bread up until so that point. So he was already a success. I mean, I think it was like a real turning point in history. So it was kind of like everything was up for grabs at that point. Now it's like the market's just oversaturated with people trying to do what they were doing 100 Fighting years over ago. scraps. Yeah, exactly. The scraps that are left over by, from these companies that started 100 years ago, right. like mm-hmm. Hostess. Mm-hmm. How is somebody supposed to compete against a 100-year-old company these Snack days? Snack cakes? No. It's know. just harder, you know? Hell yeah. Because they already got the market cornered. Right. <laughs> There's some economics for you. Oh, my God. I attempted to learn so much economics for this episode. <laughs> Good job, Steph. Oh, God. Look at this. I do not have a brain The things you will learn. Ugh. Um, the first snack cake was the chocolate cupcake. Mm. Um, chocolate with vanilla filling, the chocolate icing, and then the little white loop-de-loop oh, design on the top. Those. Ooh, those yeah. are so, I bet they were so much better back in the 1920s. Yeah, when they were, like, baked that morning. Oh. <laughs> That would have been so good. Oh, gosh. Oh, just please bring that back. Come on. Just bring back the local plants. Could you just Put have a like a heritage, a heritage line hmm. of like fresh baked hostess cupcakes? And a route for every town. <laughs> a chicken in every pot and a route in every town. <laughs> um, the company grew like crazy from like the early 1900s until the early 2000s. Wow. Like for a hundred years, this company... Grew and grew and grew. Just 100 years of growth. Yes, it really was. In 1937, the same guy, Ralph Nafziger, started Dolly Madison. I don't know who that is. What is that? That's like another snack cake company. He started that in the South. Oh, I've heard of Dolly Madison. Are they the ones that do like those apple pie things? I don't know. I don't know. Hostess does fruit pies, too. I think they do very similar snack cakes under different names. So... Also, Drake's Cakes at some point were also owned by Hostess. Like, they like really the kind of had... <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. Are you kidding? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they really had a bit of a monopoly on snack cakes for that 100 years. Uh, Nafziger died in 1965. He was 77 years old. And even after his death, they just couldn't lose. They wow. just... So he did it his entire life from 18 to 77 when he died. Yeah. Hmm. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I believe it stayed a private company that whole time. Wow. Yeah. So we'll talk more about the rest of the company in a minute. But first, let's talk about the Twinkie. My favorite hostess treat, I would say, is probably the Twinkie. Oh. I mean, really? okay, let's just put like a little asterisk that says nostalgically. Right. You know, like me actually just eating a third of a Twinkie, I was like, I still haven't finished it because... <laughs> It was, you know, not what I remember from my childhood. Right. And that's probably been about how long it's been since I've had a Twinkie. Your tastes change over all those decades. I do wonder if the formula has changed, possibly. Maybe. I don't know. Well, maybe I'll take another bite. I'm going to do that. <laughs> they, um, The formula did change a little, and they do have a longer shelf life now than they oh, used to. Great. <laughs> I think I remember in like the 90s being a kid and talking about if there were a nuclear war like the Twinkies would survive along with the cockroaches right? for like 20 years. <laughs> like if you're going to make a bunker, Twinkies are what you need to put in your bunker because they'll be there for the rest of your life. There are a lot of jokes about the shelf life of Twinkies. And there are also um, a lot of jokes and commentary about how Twinkies have zero nutritional value. And someone who really did not appreciate that kind of humor was James Alexander Dewar, the inventor of the Twinkie. He put a lot of effort in, obviously. He loves Twinkies, and he's very protective of them. Is he still alive? He is not Mm. still alive. He was quite the character. That sounds really cute. He was great. He invented the Twinkie on April 6th, 1930. Happy birthday, Twinkie. Aww. 92 years old. Wow. They were invented right in our backyard, Schiller Park, Illinois. Get no out. way. Yeah. Schiller Park? Awesome. Schiller Park. James Alexander Dewar. I'm going to call him Mr. Twinkie because that's what he preferred to be called. Are you serious? Yes, I am. <laughs> this guy's so whimsical. I love him. He's great. Mr. Twinkie was born in 1897. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time taking this seriously. <laughs> was the cowboy wearing Twinkie <gasps> logo, was Is that, that in his likeness? Oh my gosh. Did he walk around naked with a bandana around oh, his neck and a cowboy hat? Anything like that in my notes. I don't, I wish I'd looked more into Can the mascot. Can you just say yes? Did, yes. Okay. Mr. Yes. Twinkie. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> Um, He was born in 1897 in Nova Scotia, Canada. As a young adult, he worked on boats on the Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. Um, He, I guess they imported a lot of lumber from Canada at that time. So that's how he got to the Chicagoland area. In 1920, he started working at Hostess. He delivered pastries by horse-drawn cart. Wow. Oh, so he was one of those guys. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It took him only 10 years to work his way up to managing the entire plant. Wow. So he was in charge of the Schiller Park plant. Wow. Is the plant still there in Schiller Park? It is not. Aw. In just a minute, I'll tell you what happened to it. Aw, man. Um, Um, I bet it was a mob hit, if I had to guess. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing Schiller Park. Uh (laughs) When I met Marcus, he was living in an apartment in Schiller Park, right under a flight path. So when I would sleep over at his little, oh my God, this was like the most 21-year-old boy apartment you can possibly imagine. Yeah, it was a runway, then the expressway. Then the train line, then my apartment building. <laughs> and I'm dead serious. And it was all in the flight path. So early morning, 4 a.m. starts, plane after plane after plane, going in and out of O'Hare Airport. 
Yeah, they land a plane every seven minutes in in, uh, <laughs> in Schiller Park. I timed it. Wow. Yeah. And so Marcus had this little bed. It was just like a box spring and a mattress on the floor. And I don't even know if you had a dresser. I just remember there being piles of clothes all over the place. And <laughs> just wake up, smoke a cigarette, pop up, like crack the window open and listen to the planes go by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aww. to go back to those days. Yeah. Yeah. Get to sleep in now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sleeping in with dogs and children is a thing. Look, I, I upgraded from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. So, you know. Oh, God. Schiller Park is directly next to O'Hare. That's really funny. Mm. Um, yeah, that plant closed. Mr. Twinkie was managing the plant. And listen to this. They used to make a strawberry shortcake. It was the shape of a Twinkie, but with fresh strawberries inside. Oh, that sounds mm. so good. But they only made them when strawberries were in season. Ugh. Listen to this. Making this is, sense. Sure. I mean, imagine like how a seasonal product. Fresh good and snack delicious. cakes must have tasted back then. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. So the problem was that... Were they, a, wait, were they taking the Twinkie shape and then injecting strawberries into it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just like they inject the cream. Yes. Okay. So, this sounds so good. Yeah. Somebody make this, please. I'm about to open like a hostess, like an old school hostess plant myself. I guess just you could do just everything like they used to do. Shove some strawberries into a regular Twinkie, I guess, if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could. Okay. Um, I mean, the strawberry season is pretty short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Twinkie was annoyed at how much time this machinery spent just sitting there with nothing. I mean, they just didn't do anything with it when strawberries were not in season. So nine months out of the year? Right. Uh-huh. Maybe even more. Ten months? Strawberry season's very it's short. It's short. So he came up with this idea. The original Twinkie did not have vanilla filling. Hmm. He created this product. Do you want to guess what the filling was? It's weird. I was going to say chocolate. Mm. Custard. I'm weirder than say, that? Uh, something weirder? weirder. Like like bergamot tea flavored. <sighs> I would I, say pistachio cream. That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> hey, we're in Schiller Park. A bunch of Italians around here. Yeah. Sure. Well, make American cannoli. <laughs> that actually sounds really interesting. Maybe if we have any leftover Twinkies, we can just stuff things into them and see what works. <laughs> <laughs> the first Twinkies were banana. Ooh. It was banana cream. Mm. I guess that actually might not be so bad. But I just want to stop. strawberries. we got banana. Sure. Can I just stop and say one second, though? Like... If you're going to go and import bananas from the place where they wear, grow bananas, couldn't you just import <laughs> strawberries from that same place? you got to remember the global market that we know today where it's like strawberries are always in season because of that. Like, I don't think that supply chain existed. I don't think they knew how to move strawberries fast, fast enough. enough right I back mean, they're, then they're in the still, 1930s. But they weren't growing bananas in Chicago. Yeah, but bananas they could move green. Can, right. right. Yeah. Bananas That's can true. ripen and strawberries can't. Mm-hmm. That's true. Strawberries don't ripen after they've been picked. Um, Mr. Twinkie was on a vacation on a train. They went past a barn, and there was a big billboard painted on the barn for Twinkle Toes Shoes. And that's where the Twinkie name came from. He wow. like liked the way that sounded. Twinkie. That is crazy. Hmm. All right. I would never associate a cake with a shoe. Yeah. That would never have been a connection I would make, but I think that that's... a. I mean, Twinkies is a very cute name, and Twinkle Toe Shoes is also a yeah. great inspiration. 
Um, they had to stop using banana cream during World War II because bananas were rationed. Mm. So they thought they were going to temporarily fill them with vanilla cream. But the vanilla cream became so well-liked that they just stopped using banana altogether. Although it's made an appearance here and there, I guess in like 2007, a King Kong movie came out <laughs> and they did some cross-marketing. Smart. With some banana Twinkies. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> they were like getting back to the roots for King Kong. Uh, so yeah, as so was, that's when it, the Twinkie lost any shred of nutritional value. Right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> World War Two. Um, as I said earlier, he was very protective of Twinkies. He was very proud of this invention. He was very offended that sometimes Twinkies were kind of a joke. Uh, he insisted that they were not completely lacking in nutritional value. Mm, okay. All in right. spite of all scientific evidence. It was personally his experience. It had nothing to do with the <laughs> ingredients. With facts, so yeah. <laughs> his experiences. You know. How do you put a nutrient of joy? <laughs> you know? What's your daily value of joy? Because ours says 110% if you eat one. Mr. Twinkie had a son who played professional football for the Cleveland Browns. And he credited his son's athletic success to eating so many Twinkies throughout his childhood. Wow. There is one uh, nutrient in here, and it's iron. Mm. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. So that... that's good for you know oxygen exchange, hemoglobin. Would you say that Twinkies are adaptogenic? <laughs> what yes. plant is in there? <laughs> Flour. Flour counts as an adaptogen. Wheat. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that wheat is adaptogenic. Um, it does say it contains bioengineered food ingredients. So, oh. you know, oh. so all of those are ad- adaptogenic, I'm sure. Wow. Okay, good. I'm going to feel super human after eating one of these. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I just finished mine and yeah, I could do anything right now on that amount of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Twinkie ate three Twinkies with a glass of milk every night before bed. Oh my gosh. I love this guy. This guy is so fucking adorable. (laughs) He's committed. He lived to be 88 years old. Fuck. Look at this. Sodium benzoate, man. It just stretches out your own own expiration date. (laughs) (laughs) But Twinkies sounded like much more wholesome, like part of a whole foods plant-based diet. (laughs) Back in the day. (laughs) Back in the day. I love this guy. He is just so wholesome and adorable to me. I hope you don't have something bad to say about him. I have nothing bad to say about him. Okay, good. I'm just so used to this podcast disappointing me. And in the inhumanity. Fuck yeah, there's beef tallow in here. What? Yeah. Oh. They're not vegan? Yeah, no, they're not. They're absolutely okay. not. Let me go throw up right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love I like that they have tallow. beef fat in the ingredient. I think that that's a little. That's awesome. I mean. I want to eat this now. I, okay. <laughs> well, let's break that down, right? Like, there is beef in an industry of beef. They're maybe doing that like Native American thing where they just use the whole animal. I mean, they could be going and taking down palm trees in, yeah. you know, that's right? the true. palm tree land and using palm, palm oil. oil. No. But instead, they don't see lard either. Well, I think that's what beef tallow is, is a lard. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Well, lard is pig. Fat. Oh, oh it's, so a, it's the same thing. Is oh, okay. beef fat. I didn't realize that. Yeah. All right. Um, you heard it here first. Vegans. And potential vegetarians. Maybe Twinkies aren't for you. Oh, you're going to miss out on all the adaptogenic properties. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm only seeing potassium sorbate 
All right. Um, I don't know if that's well, how that ranks as it, it you know compared to so sodium benzoate. Um, the Schiller Park plant uh, was up and running for eighty four years. Wow. Um, oh wait, which was the? You said Kansas City is where it started. Yeah. Okay. So and I sh- believe that's still the official headquarters oh. of the company. Oh. So at the time they closed, they had four hundred employees. In May of two thousand fourteen, they voted to unionize. Uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa. The union officials uh, went to a meeting to negotiate the new contract, and the company was like, mm, we're going to move to a right-to-work state. We're actually just going to close down. Like, they had no idea. They had no idea the plant was going to close down. Wow. It was a total shock in the meeting. Wow. Wow. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Here's our negotiation. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Right. So by October of 2014, they had completely shut down. Oh, my God. That's so shitty. Yeah. I know. They moved to Indiana, probably. Fuck that state. Okay, cut that. (laughs) So um, as we said, for like 100 years, just like growth, 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 they bought up every other little baking company in the country, it seems like. I mean, there were just little regional bakeries all over the place. Four locations, seven locations, regional, whatever. They just like absorbed them all into hmm. Hostess, which was um, so they probably did that to take over their like distribution cake industry. Well, and they these people, all these little bakeries probably already had distribution routes like lined up and stuff, and so snowballs. That's probably why they did it. Yeah, and maybe yeah, took different recipes along the way. Right. Some of them were pretty big too. I mean, like Wonder Bread is one of them. Really, that they, they took bought. Up Wonder mm-hmm. Bread. Mm-hmm. Wow. I remember Wonder Bread. That brand, that brand is dead, right? Like you can't get Wonder Bread. Oh, no, anymore, I think can you can. I think you can. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh. I don't know who owns it at this point. It's not still under the same umbrella okay. as Twinkies at uh, this point. God, but it it was part of the Hostess Company when it was still being delivered, in, like wrapped in gingham. Wow. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? Awesome. <laughs> you know what? The baking industry used to be so cute mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gosh i would love to get my bread in like a gingham wrapping they got all this plastic junk mm-hmm. so much to... more affordable you know what this is why people's wages are so low because they've driven down the price of everything else mm-hmm. and then they're like well it's not as expensive for you to buy bread anymore so let's just lower your wages a little bit huh. more too oh and you've got two people working in your house Oh, well, you definitely can just split this one salary. Uh-huh. That would have been one person's salary 70 years ago. Right. Ugh. <sighs> uh, I believe in 1975 is the first time the company was sold. I don't know who was running it in that 10 years after the founder died. Um, a company called DPF, Data Processing Financial and General Corporation. Data Processing? Okay. Um, they were a computer leasing company. But in 1975, there were some IBM antitrust battles that made it difficult to be in that industry. And they decided to diversify, changed their business model, and diversified into low-tech companies. So in addition to Hostess, they bought a bunch of other bakeries and food production. It's awesome. This is so weird to me. You're like a computer company. And then you're like, like, let's get into the baking business. Yeah, like nobody will think about us monopolizing the bakery business you know <laughs> yeah. like we're fly under the radar we want we want a monopoly they saw how well it was working for <laughs> ibm and hostess was well on their way yeah. to having that monopoly right hmm. Hmm. it's so weird and random okay 
It didn't work out awesome. That'd be like you and me, Marcus, being like, let's go buy a soccer ball company. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. No. By 2004, uh, things had taken a turn for the worse for Hostess and their related brands. The company threatened to declare bankruptcy. I'm not sure exactly what happened. They got a new CEO. They cut employee salaries. No, okay. <laughs> I think I remember in 2004. The CEO was like, I'm not making enough. Wasn't that when they were, when there was like the whole like health movement, right? And people were like, oh, saturated fats, oh, low, sugar. The low carb diets yeah. were big mm. at that time. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like Twinkies and Ho-Hos and fucking all that shit were, were demonized. Mm-hmm. Major, mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, thank God Mr. Twinkie was dead by then because that was no good. He was turning over in his grave. Ugh. Yeah, him and the Marble Man. <laughs> Mr. Tweaky and the Marble Man. <laughs> Unlikely allies. <Aww. laughs> Just Aww. calling, you know, do your own research. I can imagine he would have been. Like, they would have fit right in. <laughs> Could you imagine him on Facebook just sharing conspiracy theories about how Twinkies are healthy for you? <laughs> Big media. They don't want you to know. <laughs> oh, maybe it's good that he died in the 80s before. I know. That's what I was that. just thinking. I mean, he would have fallen down a hard rabbit hole. Q Anon. Right. Mm. Twink Anon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In 2012, the company actually did declare bankruptcy. They said the problem was legacy pensions, medical benefit obligations, and restrictive work rules. Eight hours a day? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? How Um, much was the CEO making? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. When they started to liquidate the company, a judge discovered... Uh, the executives the previous year were given 80% raises. Mm. <sighs> and I'm sure this performance is so bonuses fucking too. Frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. So the company was liquidated and like different parts of it were sold to different people. So Drake's Cakes was picked up by somebody and Wonder Bread was picked up by somebody else. And the snack cake division was picked up. By a couple of private equity firms. Oh, here we are. Oh, cool. Back yeah. to the private yeah. equity. Here we are. Right. Was, it, was Blackstone. Jab. Do we have another no, Blackstone? No, Jab doesn't, Jab doesn't get down with the sugar. I made a little tree oh. so that you could follow. Who owns what? Who owns what? Oh, I love this. It's like that illusion of choice meme. Have you yeah. seen that on the internet? Yeah. Right. Hostess was purchased in 2013 for $400 million. Mm. Nice. It was wow. purchased by two private equity firms. Apollo Global Management. They're good. And <laughs> Apollo and Seeding Metropolis, 2014, 400 million. And then in 2016, yes. the Gores Group got in on the action. Like the Al Gores? No. Oh, okay. No. The snack cake division uh-huh. of this company was purchased completely in 2014. By Apollo and Seeding Metropolis. But then in 2016, Apollo and Seeding Metropolis sold a controlling interest. Oh, I see. To Mm. the Gores Group. Okay. Okay. So they let somebody else in on the action. Through an SPAC, a SPAC. I don't know what that is. I didn't either. I don't know money. It is... It was so painful for me to attempt (laughs) to understand how all this 
worked. I think you basically have a college degree now. I think I have a college <laughs> degree in economics. <laughs> Are you going to move up in the company at Modest? Oh. Are you going to become oh, our God. economic Beer director? Right. <laughs> Are you going to make all the strategic financial decisions Chief for us? economic officer. Is that a thing? I don't know. It is now. Um, okay. So normally when a company goes public, it's an IPO an initial public offering. And there's a lot of red tape that goes with that. Like you've got to prove the worth of your company and you can't make any promises about future performance. A SPAC is a way for a company to go public without all that red tape. Hmm. So why don't they all do that? Well, because traditionally they haven't been as good an investment. Mm, But very recently they're gaining in popularity and performing a lot better. Hmm. Mm. Okay, let me explain what a SPAC is. A SPAC is created to pool funds to finance a merger or acquisition opportunity within a set time frame, usually two years. The opportunity usually has yet to be identified. So the idea is that an investment company sets up a SPAC. If you trust the investment company, you give them money. Mm, Okay. They start looking for what to spend the money on. Mm -hmm. You don't know when you invest what the company is going to be. Okay, I see. So you kind of have, you're really investing your faith in this, in this equity company to purchase something good. Mm -hmm. And then it's called a public acquisition because it does go into the stock market and other people can invest in it. But like the controlling interest is this one private equity group that formed the SPAC. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not really, but okay. I think that's accurate enough for our purposes. I'm sure there's somebody smart listening who will understand it. (laughs) (laughs) If Apollo and CD Metropolis bought it in 2013 for $400 million and then set up and sold it to the SPAC for $725 million? And didn't even sell the whole thing. Those two groups, Apollo and Metropolis, both still own combined a 43% stake in the company. So they sold mm. the so controlling they sold like, interest right. for $725 million. Yeah. Wow. That is a really good return that on investment. That is a lot. And just like to sell Three years. 57% yeah. of your company, you're for almost double mm-hmm. what you paid it for it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that would quadruple the value. Crazy. Because they sold half of it for double what they paid for it. Mm-hmm. So that would be two times two, four mm-hmm. X valuation in three years. That is why Apollo would have been a good investment mm-hmm. in 2013. Oh, well. Well, buddy, just keep listening and see how you feel by the end. It was capitalism all along. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Gores company is the SPAC company. I'm going to talk about them first. They were founded by a guy named Alec C. Gores. He was born, he's a billionaire. Everyone we're going to talk about now is a billionaire. Mm, uh, great. He was born in 1953 in Israel to a Catholic family. Oh, mm. okay. Random, but all right. Yeah. When he was 15, the family moved to Flint, Michigan. Family of eight. It was mom, dad, and six kids. They had two suitcases and $40 wow. when they moved to Michigan. Ooh. The very next day after they got there, he started working in his uncle's grocery store. He was bagging groceries for 25 cents an hour. He was the first person in his family to attend college. He got a computer science degree from Western Michigan University. Wow. No Harvard. Huh. No fucking Wharton for him. All right. Well, I like this guy. What year? 
He was born in 53, so 73 That's early to get a computer science degree. The 70s were when people were just becoming interested in computers. They were yeah. like so new. And so he was probably just a nerdy guy and was like, I'm going to check out this cool new computer thing. Yeah. A computer Does, science degree in the 70s, though, is worth like a billion dollars now. Well, it sure seems to be. Yeah. <laughs> he worked for six months at General Motors and hated it. He quit. He took, uh, his dad had $8,000 was his life savings. He took his dad's life savings. Wow. And built a company that bought and distributed computers. Wow. It was 1978 when he started the business. It's uh, executive business systems. He was doing it in his parents' basement. Could you imagine giving our kids our life savings on a whim? Right. Like, I want to start this business. Like, you're the most educated person I know. I guess that's true. What else am I going to invest in? I don't trust my kids. Yeah. Sorry, kids. Eight years later, he sold the business for $2 million. Fuck. There From 8000 Sold to Contel. He had 200 people working for him by then. Wow. That's crazy. This guy, you know what? All as right, far I as don't billionaire to... private equity assholes go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like him, but I'm like, all right, you're... you're doing yeah, it he worked and up he worked his way up from the bottom he really did he's got a good story all yeah. right uh, i can't, I can't and he did him. and he came from flint michigan so come on yeah. you can't hate the guy no. just because he worked and got lucky uh the fun fact i have about him uh his wife is kelly noonan gores and she produced a documentary called heal oh is she adaptogenic documentary <laughs> film that takes us on a scientific and spiritual journey where we discover that by changing one's perceptions, the human body can heal itself okay. from any disease. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. that talk about a personal project when you make a billion dollars. <laughs> this is a very interesting couple. Hmm. Just change the way you think about things and Yeah, you don't even fine. need mushrooms. Just yeah. think about it differently. Just thinking. Yeah. Just all you need to do. The power of thought. I well, haven't if um, you two would just give it a try. Like you haven't tried. <laughs> you know? Like this headache you're giving me. I'm just gonna positively just think, think it, it away. away. <laughs> <laughs> um I haven't watched the documentary. I did read some reviews and they were Amusing. Well, um, there is that the secret, the book that was so popular. It's compared to the secret. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. The um, law of attraction. Marcus does get us parking spaces. I use the secret all the time. He gets for us parking, parking spaces. Really? I do. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. As far as well, I can tell, that's all it's really good for. That's legit, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So. C.D. and Metropolis. We'll talk about them next. They're one of the original purchasers with Apollo. This company was founded in 1993 by. C. Dean Metropolis. Um, He's Greek. He moved to the U.S. at age 10. Um, He worked at Verizon and somehow just rocketed to the top. And then he left in 1993 and started up this private equity company. His specialty is like buying and flipping Mm. the same way you would a house. So he buys, he puts a fresh coat of paint on it, and then sells it. Yeah, but the fresh coat of paint is like code for cuts salaries and benefits. Mm, Okay, great. PBR is the big (laughs) example for his company. Um, Bought in 2010 for $150 million. Sold four years later for $700 million. Holy shit. And that's pretty in keeping with the way he does things. Um, He just (laughs) recently purchased the North American bottled water brands owned by Nestle. Mm. Hmm. Poland Spring, Arrowhead. The fun fact about him is his son, Darren, purchased the Playboy Mansion from Hugh Hefner for $100 million. Oh, wow. great. Because he's into historical preservation. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's a zoo. I mean, oh, yeah. Maybe he likes zoo. animals, too. Yeah. I mean, sure. I'd call it more of a rape castle, but okay. Oh, what you a don't great know that transition. Wasn't given. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Marcus. Yeah. Uh, actually, I would say that there was a lot of not consent not given How at the you, Playboy Mansion. Is there? Is there a, a documentary? A documentary on that? Mm. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. What's the name of that documentary? I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's like a multi-part series right now. I think it's just called Secrets of Playboy. It's a great transition. Rape Castle, Apollo Global Management. Oh, great. <laughs> Established in 1990 by three men. Uh, Josh Harris, Mark Rowan, and Leon Black. All billionaires. I think that there's too many billionaires. I like, think there should be none, so I agree. Apollo was formed by three men who who had previously worked together on Wall Street. Um, Mark Rowan, Josh Harris, and Leon Black. Mark Rowan is the current CEO. He took over when Leon Black recently stepped down abruptly. Mm. Josh Harris is on the way out, allegedly, because he's unhappy that he didn't get the CEO position. Leon Black had been CEO from 1990 until 2021. He had to abruptly step down because he had a best friend and his best friend got into some legal trouble and that was okay. But then it came out that Leon Black had given his best friend a bunch of money and couldn't really explain exactly why. There were some questions surrounding his explanation best friend so here's a picture of leon black on the left and his best friend on the right do you recognize that man it's jeffrey epstein that's did i, I confuse right you, yeah <laughs> well like the guy on like, the why right why does it smell like epstein oh so he gave a bunch of money to his best friend jeffrey epstein yeah wow what a that's scumbag disgusting. um Ugh, gross uh, and look at their smug fucking like pedophile faces, disgusting. Okay. Um, alleged. Um, another thing to know about Leon Sorry, Black Leon. is that he is alleged, extremely litigious. Okay. So, <sighs> look at their smug faces. Additionally, in 2021, based in fact, <laughs> he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein and gave allegedly, him a bunch. He was allegedly best friends with Jeffrey Epstein because he's now arguing that that's not the case either. Is there financial <laughs> records of him giving money to Jeffrey Epstein? $158 million so, over four years. And that, oh, so this was over time. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were. Allegedly. They were seeing each other socially for decades. That is true, but allegedly <laughs> it was a friendship. Leon would say. They had a very casual business relationship. Mm. I wonder what kind of business that yeah. was. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, what kind of business was Jeffrey Epstein in? Hmm. Uh, he was a financial advisor. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's it. That's all he did. Hmm. That's all he did. Uh. Also in 2021, a former mistress of Leon Black's uh, filed a lawsuit against him. He's being accused of harassment, abuse rape and forcing her under duress to sign a non-disclosure agreement that's an allegation that's being pursued in the courts yes still to be decided yes all right um there is or in news nor protected by news i uh, you know what (laughs) 
We're not accusing anybody of anything here. We're just, we're just saying sharing what's, at, what's publicly what, available. What somebody That's else right. has said. You right. know what? I don't make the court systems. Right. I, we just talk about what the court systems are already doing. Right. When you're reading about Jeffrey Epstein or looking for information, uh, it's all of this is very like conspiracy theory adjacent. And mm-hmm. I was very, very careful to look at reputable news sources and not even click on anything that was blog-like or anything like that. Um, yeah. Stick to the real... Okay. St- stick to the news. Don't go to the opinions. Right. Which yeah. is good, because we want to deal with facts. Um, and it's a fact oh, that that guy looks like somebody that I might not trust here's with my daughter. Here's a fact. Apollo also owns Blackwater that we were just talking about. Hmm. Um, That's the military one. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, they're they're an alternative investment firm. They have four hundred and fifty five billion dollars in assets. That's too many. That's a lot of billions. That's too many. Too Al- many billions. Alternative investment is anything that isn't stocks, bonds, or cash. So, um, ask grass or cash. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we invest in. I mean, it could be a stamp collection. It could be a snack cake bakery. It could be a mercenary company. It could Just take be your choice. Sirius Radio or Shutterfly or Career Builder or Redbox or ADT or Cox Media or the University of Phoenix. Holy shit. <laughs> because they own all of those things. Um, um, including the Twinkie I just ate today. Yes. Oh, poor Mr. Twinkie. This is not how he wanted this to happen. I Bl- mean, his maybe, fucking legacy like- is tarnished. <sighs> I am mad on behalf of Mr. Twinkie. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. I yes. am enraged. Yeah. Also, somebody at Apollo loaned $184 million to the Kushner company when they were kind of in the hole, but no one will take responsibility for that. Mm, okay. <laughs> Nobody knows who signed the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Oh, yeah. Bloomberg. Was it just one of those like illegible signatures? <laughs> yeah, they just wrote it off. They're like, that's how much they want? Okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, Bloomberg calls Apollo Global Management Wall Street's apex predator. And I think that's pretty... Pretty good. Pretty accurate. I have a lot more to say about Leon Black and about Apollo, the whole situation. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to save that for a bonus episode. Okay. And we can talk about that on Thursday. Did Bloomberg tell you how to catch a predator? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I hope somebody catches these guys, honestly. I mean, it sounds to me like they're doing nothing wrong. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's me trying not to get litigated it's like i'm sure they're doing nothing wrong we're podcast definition food comedy satire <laughs> before we started steph said you better eat that twinkie now because yeah. you're not going to want it later and i said there's nothing you could say that would make me not want to eat a twinkie but you were right <sighs> Apollo owns 43% of Hostess. Leon Black owns 20% of Apollo. Do you want to know who roasts the coffee? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Do I? Do I want to know at this point? I feel like I am going to depress you further by uh, telling you who roasts the coffee. Uh, Papa Nicholas? It is not Papa Nicholas. Oh, man. Who is it? <sighs> it's Victor Allen coffee. Oh, oh, oh man. Yeah. So I didn't do any research because we've talked about them before, and I figured Jenny could give us a little <sighs> refresher. Oh, man. That's so sad. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll just, if you didn't listen to our Girl Scout episode, I'll just let you know really quickly. Well, one, stop listening to this podcast. Go back to Girl Scout <laughs> podcast, sign up with Patreon on your way, and then <laughs> come back. All right, um, go ahead, All right, so Trilliant is the coffee roaster now, and Victor Allen Mondry, we'll just do a quick shout out to him, was a really cool guy. Um, we had the privilege of meeting him a few months before he died of cancer. And he was an old school co- specialty coffee guy. He really helped get the specialty coffee movement off the ground. He was considered to be a savant in his um, abilities to taste coffee. He was extremely eccentric. And he was just one of the kindest people that I have ever met. He really helped encourage Marcus and I at a point in time in our business ownership when we really needed that encouragement. Helped us with business advice that helped us grow our company that we still apply today. So he was, in a way, for those couple of months, like a real mentor to us, which was really special and really invaluable. And so when we met him, he had already sold his coffee company that had started Victor Allen Coffee. It went through a series of changes and became this big, huge, same thing, private equity coffee roasting company. They completely bastardized his name in a way that's really unfortunate because what that company Trilliant does nowadays is so far removed from what Victor Mondry started (laughs) and what he cared about. So this is really kind of like a all-around bummer story. I mean, the same thing, it sounds like, happened to Mr. Twinkie mm-hmm. as what happened to Victor Mondry. And I'm not surprised that they are also the roasters, but it sounds, is it probably kind of like Girl Scouts where they are licensing the Twinkie name and then right. paying royalties to them to mm. put the name on the box? Yep. That's it. We're crossing mm. off K-Cups. If it's oh. like a shitty flavored K-Cup, all right, it's Trillian. Cool, we know that story. Fuck them. Can... Take each one as it comes. <laughs> I don't want to swear off K-Cups just because you hate this machine sitting in All front right, of us. Fine. <laughs> Screw them. Um, so anyways, but yeah, we go into Trilliant uh, a lot more in detail in the Girl Scout Cookies episode. So you can go back and listen to that for sure. I have a feeling that the further we get into this, we're going to be referencing previous episodes yeah. and companies. Because as you were talking about to announce it, I was like, how many companies can there really be out there right. that are roasting at this scale? Right. Well, remember that white white, the coffee. white coffee company. Yeah, yep. and uh-huh. they roasted thirteen thousand brands. Yeah, right. that's insane. So, and they're still just like a family-owned, smaller. They're just a little more. Mm, most of their work is regional. So yeah, maybe there are a lot more companies like that. I have a proposal for this Twinkies coffee. Mm. Do you have anything else to say? I have nothing okay. else. Well, I, I have a lot notebook. more to say, but and stay tuned for the bonus episode. Okay. okay. Well, I look forward to the bonus episode. No, I don't. But um, <laughs> I'm going to pretend like I'm looking forward to it. I bet there's going to be some dirt. It's going to be um, disturbing. Okay. I'm already mm. disturbed. So it's going to be like a horror movie episode, it mm. sounds like. Well, I have a proposal for these Twinkies coffees. And Marcus, I know you're probably going to like argue with me because you're a purist, but I am proposing that because the coffee quality was just so shitty with the Girl Scout coffee. Let's do it. I want to brew some in the pot and also in the K-cup. I'm willing I wanna to I want to cut open that. some I of these just, K-cups just, just to know, have like a little bit. In order to give it a fair shake. Like, like really like what if it? it's really great? And just the K-cup is yeah. so bad. Well, that's that, kind of what like, I was thinking. Right. But the product is in the K-cup. This I know. is the product. Well, I don't <laughs> want to give up the K-cup and so because that is the product. I think that that's absolutely true. But I do want to compare it to 
being brewed in a delicious way. Well, shall we brew some coffee? Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! Do you want to do the olfactory reveal before I start brewing up this K-cup dumped into a coffee filter coffee? Ugh. Oh, my God. It is sickeningly sweet, Oh, the smell. I was going to ask if there was sweetener in it or also if <laughs> there like was coughing. Like dairy in it. I don't think it has anything in it. Really? It's 100% artificially. It just, I think it's just overloaded with oil. It's like sickeningly sweet smelling. When you open up the K-Cups and dump five of them into a coffee filter. Am I crazy? Or does it have that same, like, almond cherry smell again? It does, actually. That's exactly what it is. I'm like, I feel like I've smelled this before. Yeah, it does. They're just repackaging the same fucking coffee. Did you put a K-Cup in there? No. Okay, you're just heating it? Yeah. Okay, because I was like, that water looks really clear. And it finally is steaming. It is steaming. Maybe it's actually hot. How did Marcus make it work this time? Just fucking brute force. Mm. Yeah, it smells like... Is it sickeningly? It's like yeah. it, it's too much. It seems like it has way more um, flavor oil than the Jim Beam coffee did. Mm. All right, let's go get this party started, I guess. Wow, this this took way do less we have time to, give to a, Do we have to give this coffee a no bad review? It sounds like... I don't know. If we should make an exception for If, if Epstein's friend deserves a right. good review... Do you think Epstein deserves a good review? Or anybody, like, associated with him? <laughs> oh, my God. Did their products deserve a no bad review? Well, I, I think, know. Jenny, this is a problem that you're going to be running into a lot, given the concept that this you podcast. came up with. <laughs> uh, I think Marcus and I would be fine with giving a few bad reviews. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was, like, I wouldn't want somebody to give me a bad review. I right. would want somebody to, like... Really try to, like, think about something I'm doing from a holistic standpoint. Look, I can drink enough whiskey to make it palatable. (laughs) If Jeffrey Epstein's best friend was reviewing you. Alleged. Alleged best friend. Do not get us sued. If he was reviewing you, Uh would you want him to even say nice things about you? Or would it be better if... I think I would be fine if he just pretended I did not exist. Mm. In fact, I would prefer it if I just did not exist. Well, I actually don't exist, probably. No, I'm quite I sure you I'm don't. I think I'm far too poor to exist to him. Uh, and too old. <laughs> 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 that was just a commentary on... Uh, yeah, I mean, just please don't... Yeah, you're right. That's pretty funny. <laughs> what? I thought you had it. I thought I did, too. We don't. We still don't know how to cake cup maker works. <laughs> it was pretty um, ridiculous opening up a bunch of cake cups. <laughs> it just felt gross and dirty. Yeah. And it's like, what's the point? Nobody would ever do that. Open up a bunch of cake cups. Yeah. To be like, oh man, I just love this this Twinkie flavored coffee so fucking much. I gotta but make I it in my mocha master. 
Like, you know, it's like the only people that would buy that. Mocha master. Oh my God. Like have a K-cup maker for sure. Yeah. And, you know, some of these coffees are for sale both ways, but it seems like the hostess are only in K-cups, not available in well, any other packaging. I don't know if Trillient, I didn't look into this, but I don't know if they do anything but K-cups. Oh, really? Because I didn't see, like, Girl Scout cookies as a bag diversion either. Right. Like, not travesty. All, Just... What a travesty. What a travesty, 100%. Oh, I'm starting to smell it. I think that's the brewed pot. Yeah. It's, um... It still kind of smells like cherry, but mm-hmm. it doesn't smell terrible. It has a very strong aroma. I feel like they doubled up. I think Trillient uses twice as much flavoring agent as the white coffee company. Mm. There's no fucking hint of Twinkie in this at all. I just ate a Twinkie, and it has a distinct non-aroma. Mm. The Twinkies on the box, they are artificially flavored. You should be able to take whatever artificial flavor you're injecting in the Twinkie and inject it in the coffee. Right? Yeah. That Have... tallow flavor is all real, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me see the box, please. Uh, whey, glycerin, salt, sodium, acid, pyrophosphate? Are these flammable? Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure they are bombs. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Have you ever tried lighting a Twinkie on fire? Do you think it would just, like, immediately... Just combust. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do it, guys. Warning, do not consume these in an enclosed room. <laughs> <laughs> Near our heat source. <laughs> Ukrainians are like, send us Twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have Zelensky yelling at Biden. We need more Twinkies. <laughs> I don't need a ride. I need more Twinkies. <laughs> oh, man. Um... I mean, there's very little I can pronounce on this ingredients list, and I don't see any flavors. Right. Maybe that's why they had to come up with their right. own. They were like, there are no flavors in Twinkie except for sugar. Right. Mm. The Yeah, the people over at, at Black Rock or whatever were like, ah, fuck it, I don't give a shit, man. Just put whatever you want in it. Blackstone. <laughs> yeah. So does like, that mean if Blackstone still owns part of Trillient, which they might, I'm, I cannot say 100%. They're all in bed together. That would make it like four evil equity firms like getting in on Twinkies coffee. If somebody could they see the way that Steph is just looking at me and nodding slowly, like, yep, that's right. I mm-hmm. love your, your sweatshirt welcome, is like perfect for today. Welcome really to is. America. Steph's just giving me the welcome to America it's nod. It's really sad. It's really sad that you just can't buy things from people anymore. Or you have to work really hard to do it. Well, right. technically, technically. Are they people? What qualifies as a person? Citizens United has determined that corporations are people. Oh, well. So. That's okay, right. Then. That's right. That's Until right. Until they overturn that. corrected. You can buy from people all day long. Mm. <laughs> so. Warm. With this OFAC. Yeah. That's brewed twice. So that's the little hack I've determined. Is that you brew it once to get the water warm. Just with water, without the cake cup. Without the cake cup. And then you take that same water, put it right back in the hopper, and that's how you end up with a hot cake cup. I've hacked it. (laughs) In only the second episode, you figured it all out. Yeah. So that is just a weird smell. We've done this before. Like we've done this coffee. I'm certain of it. It's same coffee, it's just a different brand name on it. There's something else going on besides almond. Maybe it's just a little vanilla. Yeah, maybe. Is it hotter, your double brew? Yeah. So hot. Wow, this is a, such a strong aroma. 
especially this is just the k-cup version in my hand the brood version is even more overpowering this whole house smells sickeningly <laughs> sweet to me right now yeah and when i say sickeningly like i am being sickened by the sweetness but that's not a bad review I was just singing this. <laughs> Our house smells like it like smells the so evil witch from Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> Our house smells so sweet right mm. now. It is dripping in sugar. Like someone ate 10 pounds of sugar and vomited it all yes. over. Is that bad? That's not no. a bad no. review. No. Right. Eating 10 pounds of sugar is always good. Um, What we're doing is we're going to try the coffee black. Mm-hmm. And then if we feel... It would be beneficial. We will add some cream and sugar. And then if we need to, which I'm quite certain we will today, (laughs) we will add some whiskey or whipped cream and see if that makes it even remotely possible to give this hostess coffee a not bad review. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's going to be a rough one for me today. I don't even care what it tastes like. It's just going to be rough to say anything nice. I just tried it. and The K-cup version? The K-cup version. And it's not bad. When you do the double hot water brew. Yeah. I think that was definitely important. Yeah. It's not good. It's bland. It's ho-hum. It doesn't taste nearly as overpoweringly, sickeningly sweet. It, it can. Oh, I know what it tastes like. A Twinkie? It, t- it tastes like Hobby Lobby. <gasps> <laughs> That's it. That's the element that I was missing. The linoleum floor. That's what we're smelling. It tastes like what Hobby Lobby smells like. <laughs> there it is. Okay. That's great. Are you getting Hobby Lobby? Notes of Hobby Lobby. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time since I've been inside a Hobby Lobby. Are you you getting notes of motivational religious plaques? Uh, um, It does have a a slight sweetness and a slight cherryness, and it mostly tastes like warm water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, a hint of coffee, hint of coffee, hint of cherry, hint of sweet, hint of something else. And if you're saying it's Hobby Lobby, I'll (laughs) I'll go with that. (laughs) It's not completely as unbearable as I expected it to be. I'm adding sugar to see if I can bring out that Twinkie flavor. Oh, nice. I Um, just ate a bite of Twinkie, which is pretty gross. But I don't know. Maybe it'll go with the coffee. Yeah. Right. All right, I'm adding, I added the tiniest amount of sugar and it was way too much. And I added the tiniest amount of cream and it was way too much. But I'm trying to get it to as close to a Twinkie as possible because Twinkies are sugary and creamy. I uh, I forgot to mention that Twinkies were out of production for about four years. Do you remember that? No. From 2011 to 2015. Really? So yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. I remember it because we went to an art show shortly after they discontinued making Twinkies. Hmm. And we had our daughter with us, and she was very young. So 2011, she would have been five or whatever. And they had a, a little hors d'oeuvre table at the art show with cheese and crackers. And, and they had this lovely display of individually wrapped what appeared to be Twinkies. Wow. And it was like a, it was kind of a joke, right? Uh-huh. Like, oh, we got Twinkies somehow. Yeah. And my daughter was like, my daughter, I was such a good parent when she was young, and I only had one kid. <laughs> she was like, what yeah. is this? She'd never seen them before. Delightful thing. 
And of course, she loved it. Uh Um, What I found out in doing research was that Canada and Mexico were both producing, and in Asia too, they all produced their own version of the Twinkie, Mm. unrelated to Hostess. Wow. So it was probably like a Canadian Twinkie or made by Bimbo in Mexico. Crazy. I don't know if you could still get them in like a Mexican grocery. Now I want to go to the Mexican grocery store by work and see if they have Mexican Twinkies. Oh, that'd be a fun taste test. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was just reminded of um way back in the regular 2000s like without a one in them in the aughts Mm -hmm. i worked at a salon and one of the um people who worked there had a twinkie cake that she would make that was like her specialty it was so fun it was like a cake it was like a pan like like a roasting pan or whatever Lined with Twinkies. And then if I remember correctly, it had a layer of chocolate pudding and then like a layer of Cool Whip. And then <laughs> like so chocolate. Know, right? And then, yeah, exactly. And then like Heath bars, like crumpled up Heath bars sprinkled across the top. That's so fun. I'm kind of wanting a Twinkie cake right now. I can say like 21 year old me loved it. I bet. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys, speaking of Midwestern, it reminds me of like vegetable pizza. You were here with that? Oh my God, I love vegetable pizza. It's so good. It's such a fucking Midwestern (laughs) dish as well. It's so good. Um, For those that don't know what vegetable pizza, it's another layered contraption. Oh, but it's so good. It's like... like, Some weird... It's not weird. You just take Pillsbury crescent rolls and unroll them. Oh, is that what the little dough is? The base is Pillsbury crescent rolls. Yeah, and then you put a... Thick layer of cream cheese flavored with dill and a bunch of like chopped up vegetables like on top of it. Maybe cream cheese and sour cream mixed together <laughs> to give it like a nice spreadable consistency with like dill. Yeah. And then a bunch <laughs> of veggies on top. It's basically like ranch dip. Yeah. It's right. It's like a vegetable tray. Uh, like all in one. All in one. But like easy to scoop and eat into your mouth. You know what? <laughs> I have never been a fan of this, but... If it was actually ranch dip instead of the cream cheese mm-hmm. mix, I feel like that would take it up a notch. What if we took powdered ranch mix and mixed it with the same base of like cream cheese and sour cream? I'd try it. I think that might be really tasty. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do a bonus episode. Right. I can hear the polka start playing in my head right now <laughs> as we're making this. Who is this coffee for? Um, I think that this coffee is for... Um, somebody that's really into self-immolation. I am <laughs> <laughs> um, imagining this coffee being for, like, the little old lady who just, like, wants to treat herself. And so she's going to buy herself a box of Twinkies, and she's going to buy her box, herself a box of Twinkie K-Cups to go with it. It's like, for some reason, I'm picturing an older... An old lady walking down the grocery store, like so sweet and wholesome, like <laughs> going back to her, the days of her youth and Mr. Twinkie, not even knowing where this company has come. <laughs> Just naive, sweet lady. S- sweet, ignorant old lady. Mm-hmm. That's what this is for. Yeah. Aww. This is this is definitely a coffee for the ignorant. <laughs> yeah, like if you don't know any better, that's. <laughs> You know. Yeah. Now that everybody listening knows better, this coffee's not for you anymore. Yeah. Right. This coffee is for Leon Black and Jeffrey Epstein because I'm pretty sure it's what they drink in hell. I am about half whiskey in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and it went from eh, not bad to not bad. Huh. 
Yeah. Well, I added, it's not the worst. Of all the whiskey coffees I've had. <laughs> I am definitely going all the way with whiskey. though. Like, this one kind of is like top two or three. Um, I just poured some of the coffee that Jenny brewed. She took out of the K-Cups and brewed it in the regular coffee pot. I can't believe I'm going to say this. It is worse. It is. It's so much worse. It's so much stronger. It's very, very bitter. Mm-hmm. Very bad. I'm going to add some whiskey. Leave well, it in the double. I'm glad you told me that because I was going to take some more thinking that it would be better. I assumed it would be better. Yeah. I assumed it would be better brewed right. in the $200 fucking coffee pot, but I guess it's actually not. $350. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's the thing. The, the Mocha Master doesn't brew it to taste better. It just brews it at optimal brewing. Right, like to the, extract the flavor appropriately. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so the flavor extraction is the problem. Yes, yeah. because the flavor yeah. that's being extracted... Is the problem. All well, right. so that's the thing. I guess we've learned a valuable scientific lesson today that if it comes in a K cup, leave it in a K cup. Yeah. It was meant to be in a K cup because the K cup was much better. Yeah. Should we add a Twinkie? I feel like I should be adding a Twinkie. <laughs> the like, just Twinkie? dissolve no, you're just a Twinkie. Ruin the Twinkie. Just dissolve a Twinkie in there that all that beef tallow will just melt. Mm. I feel like Mr. Twinkie would be disappointed with this coffee. I mean, this doesn't taste uh, like a Twinkie at all. Mr. Twinkie. Would be enraged <laughs> if he knew what was happening right now with his, with besmirching the name Twinkie. Mm, man, I do love Mr. Twinkie. So anyways, um, yeah. I think no, that's uh, our episode, yeah, right? Thank you so much for listening. Um, we would love it if you would go rate and review us, follow us on iTunes. We got a singular one-star review without any words. If I had to guess, I think it's Putin. So, we would love it. He did not like our coverage of Ukraine. So we would love it if you would go and counteract Putin's single star vote. Um, and the whole like review was written in like Russian, I think. Oh no. Something about like fuck these guys. I'm really cool, actually. <laughs> you don't really know me. <laughs> You just know what you see. So anyways, um, also, like we said earlier, patreon.com slash pod. That's where you can contribute to our project directly. We would appreciate that. And stay tuned for Thursday's bonus episode where we go on a deep dive into Leroy motherfucking Jenkins. whatever his stupid Leon name is. Black <laughs> okay. and the Apollo group. Okay. Oh. So Leon Black just sounds kind of ominous. He's a horrible person. Yeah, fuck this guy. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly horrible person. But uh, we're going to learn all about why coming up on Thursday. So stay tuned for our little bonus episode. And I think that's it. Happy birthday, Twinkie. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. 
visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy. <laughs>